Welcome to Recommissioned, a bi-weekly podcast where we go back to watch Battlestar Galactica. Each week, I'm joined by my good pal Matt, who has only seen the episodes up to the one we're covering. Now, I've seen them all. And this week, we're talking Season 2, Episode 18, Downloaded. This is love. These people love me. I love them. I didn't pretend to feel something so I could screw people over. I love them. And then I betrayed them. I shot a man I love, fracked over another man, ruined his life. And why? Because I'm a lying machine. I'm a fracking Cylon! Matthew Anderson, I have been eagerly awaiting your opinions on this particular episode. Now, if you're joining us and you are not hip to our social media, you're probably thinking, where the fuck is Razor? Well, somebody tweeted me, which uh, I don't have their name handy, which I will look up while I'm talking here. And uh, they said, you might want to refrain on the whole um, on the whole Razor thing. There are a couple spoilers that might be a bit much for people. Mm, minefield. Yep, it's Ed Atlan. Ed Atlan. Uh, maybe too late to mention this, but I just listened to the latest BSG pod, Razor Ed, between seasons three and four, and it really hints at things that happen in those seasons. It should be watch and release order. So I took his word for it because he probably knows better than I. I haven't watched Razor in a long time. So thank you. Shout out to uh, Ed Atlan, I believe is the, the name, at Ed Atlan. Um, so thank nice, you for thank that. You. Yeah, cool. Good so looking out. Uh, and and I didn't really, I was like, should I release a podcast that says, don't watch Razor? And I was like, you know what? No. I mean, hopefully it didn't fuck anyone up, but we're, we're doing downloaded and that's where we're going. So I am prepared for this shit, man. I have, like I said, after that little disclaimer I just gave up, I've been waiting to see what you were going to think about downloaded. And you know, it's very exciting, Matthew. I want this to yeah. rattle around in your brain as we do this. We, sir, we have only two episodes left and it is a two-parter so that means we're only going to meet one more time in season two in season two yep one more time in season two isn't that bananas that's that's how virginal i'm keeping myself in information Ah. i don't even know where i am in the series nice nice awesome well getting there baby we're getting there and uh, shout out to everybody who joined us in the live chat, right? LibertyStreetGeek.net slash live if you want to get involved with that shit. They're in there chatting away, saying naughty words, not for your children. And, uh, dude, so come on, man. Come at me. Oh, yeah. Come at me with some downloaded uh, initial impressions, please. Oh, baby. Well, for one, I am just so thankful. for. I mean, this is, this is the first episode ever that we have gone this deep into Cylon camp. Like this, we lived in the Cylon world we for a little while in this it. episode. Yes. We got to just like, like sit there and listen, watch them all walk around each other like weird clone doppelgangers and just drink coffee like nothing's weird. Like, oh my God, you're all so fucking weird. Ah, dude, I am so glad that we got some answers. There are there, not everything, like a good show, not, not like an idiot that blew its load. We didn't get it all answered, but we got some interesting answers here especially on cylon individuality like it's real i finally can can rest at ease i'm like okay so i really do believe and that's now this is gonna get tricky now because basically i think we have to start talking again about galactica sharon 
because the one reincarnated on Caprica is essentially the original Galactica Sharon. Am I right? Would you agree with that? Say that last part again. Oh boy, this is going to be this is going to be tough. We're going to need a spreadsheet. Um, so the Sharon in this episode on Caprica is essentially the original Galactica Sharon, the one who who shot Adama, the one who sabotaged the water. Right? Am I right? No. Wouldn't you say? We just went back in time. Well, yes. So we were seeing uh, her memories as of that far into the episode, into the into the series, right? Well, yeah. So it says nine months ago, Caprica. We see a miniseries mm-hmm. clips, um, and we get six, and then That's all of six, her yeah. shit. And then we yeah. get um, ten weeks later, Battlestar Galactic. We see Boomer catching a bullet and waking up like six. Right. So we're right. seeing the wake that this the Sharon that's waking up is the one that shot Adama and then exactly. got murdered yes. by Callie. So her memories stop at Callie. She doesn't know anything exactly. else about the fleet. Yes, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So like yeah, we're yeah. back yeah. to like we have to be talk we have to almost refer to her as like Galactica Sharon. Like cause she's that one. Uh she's back. You can like, say shooter is- Sharon if it makes you if it if it really makes it specific. I mean, I guess so because I mean, we have to we have to start getting careful to get it with it again because there is now or, or like, origi- you can say original Sharon. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe we just call her original Sharon because Caprica Sharon is now on Galactica. So that's <laughs> that's all confusing and a mess. <laughs> um, but anyway, all all roundabout ways of getting to. I finally trust. Maybe I'm still wrong, but I, I have seen enough evidence to trust the intentions of the Sharon on Galactica with Hilo uh, and the baby. Like, I believe her. I believe she is an individual making individual choices and actually renegade from the Cylons, which I've never been fully in belief of. Like, I was leaning towards it, but just wasn't sure. And now, with these two, with seeing, seeing the interactions with, I guess we could call her Original Six, too. This is the one who died on Caprica, right there with Gaius in the original explosion, and I guess saved Gaius. But boy, she just she didn't even know he was alive. Didn't even know he was uh, on board the Galactica or had made it that far at all. So that that's at, fascinating. At least she didn't. Again, nine months ago. Nine months ago. Yeah. Right, right. Well, all the way up until this point where, well, all the way up to this point where where she talks to the Sharon who is awoken ten weeks later. Danny Fouch in the chat, let me break in for a second, is saying we could sure. call original Boomer and pregnant one Sharon. And that might be easier to remember for me personally because I think Boomer Ooh. is the military one. You know, she was in there doing her calisthenics. and Yeah. I mean, That's whatever. not a bad idea. Yeah. Caprica 6, Sharon, Boomer, however you want to do it. But we should probably agree on it together. Yeah. So how about, okay, yeah. I, I like uh, Danny's idea. So... Um, OG Sharon, who shot Adama and is now being reincarnated on Caprica, we'll call her Boomer. And the one currently on board, Galactica, Sharon. Sure. I think, <clears throat> I think that's the way to do it. And with Six, I think, yeah, I think we can still, like Elsar is saying, we can call the one on Caprica, Caprica Six, Head Six, and uh, I think that's all we need there. Yeah, I think so. And, and an easy way to remember is, if you're a listener, is Boomer is with the Cylons, Sharon's with the Colonials. Mm-hmm. Right? There you go. All right. Well, boy, yeah, the, the, I am so glad we got to dive into this. Glad we got to really see the Cylons and, and not just a Cylons separate themselves individually, but watching, I guess what you could call like 
the the broader Cylon authority and how it mm. thinks about individuality and what that means and fucking going to put you in the freeze box. In it's the gonna box, going to freeze baby. your mind. Put you up in that put penalty box. Dude, when they said that, you know what I thought of? I thought of the fucking, the, what do they call it, the boo-boo box from Hook? Where it's just they shove yeah. you in a trunk and drop scorpions in. That's fucking funny. <laughs> so I was like, fuck, is that what you do <laughs> with your brain? Um, but damn, dude, I, I yeah. My mind, uh, as you can tell, as you could very swimming? easily tell, uh, swimming, spinning from this episode. I've watched it twice, uh, and I'm still just like reeling from from some of the the implications of it. I, I can't wait to just talk fucking through it, man. All right, let's do it. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of Cylon talk on the previously on. Oh yeah, right. Reminding us where um, where that I guess we would call it Caprica Six, the what she had lived up to. Uh, yeah, and, I think it's a smart they, replay. Uh, Right, right, yep. because it's it's easy to forget uh, what each of them has seen, what each of them has experienced versus what other versions have. Right. Uh, so nine months ago, we're on Caprica. We see miniseries clips, Gaius, I can't die. When this body is destroyed, my memory will be transferred to a new one. There are 12 models. I am number six, right? Lots of clips mm-hmm. of six, great sexy time. Six had a good life for a little while there. Oh, yeah. So did Gaius. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, oh, he's the one who lucked out, by the way. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, resurrection. And then uh, she says, I was in a house. You're back with us. You've been reborn. Six is clearly disoriented here, and uh, you've been downloaded like, into a new God, body. Is, <laughs> is that is that Xena? Yeah. And you were there? And you were there? Oh, Where's Hercules? And there's no place like home. <laughs> uh, Six is immediately concerned for Gaius. Is he alive? Question mark. Hmm. So, so, Deanna says, would it trouble you if Dr. Beltair were dead? To which Gaius <laughs> shows up, and we get a little head Gaius, motherfuckers. Dude. No, the first viewing, man, when I first saw this episode, in that moment where Gaius says, I'm right here, I was like, holy shit, he's a Cylon. Like, it's confirmed. There he yep. is. There he is. He's a fucking Cylon. Oh, my God. And he's like, but I'm not actually here. Only you can see me. I'm like, oh. Yeah. But, dude. Don't let I them s- know, he says. If they know how know. you feel about me, it'll be a problem. Dude, I my mind is so spinning with theories about head Gaius. Like, <laughs> that doesn't even seem possible. What? It's pretty wild. I mean, I'm, and we've never really talked about this before. We have speculated up and down uh, about the nature of Cylons and how they work and who might be, blah, blah, blah. But uh, as far as thinking about characters, I'm like on a spectrum of likelihood of being a Cylon. Gaius, man, every episode ticks a little further toward, I think you might be a Cylon. <laughs> uh, everyone. This is this is the furthest he's gone. I'm like, ooh, you are real. My little meter is like, it's like throttling. I'm like, oh, you're kind of moving down the Cylon path. This is some weird shit. Definitely not human. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mind. Oh. Awesome. <clears throat> it would be unfortunate if he died, says Six, maintaining her professional decorum. He was so helpful. And that's when Deanna tells Six that her mission was a success. A success. You are a hero. Yes, your mission was a success there, Six. Beyond our yes, most opportunist, opportunistic projections, thanks to you. You saved Johannesburg. You, you saved South Africa. Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Ten weeks later, we cut over to Battlestar Galactica. We see Boomer catching a bullet and waking up, much like Six, a very cool montage. 
um, the eyes fluttering, these chicks writhing around in, in uh, slippery oil tubs. <laughs> get these girls in some gooey slime. Throw them in the go away. Let's go. We need to get that ratings up a little bit. Uh, so uh, resurrection looks tough, doesn't it? But better than final death, yeah. I suppose. I mean, it, it looked unpleasant for six two, but I got hers. Did hers looks less intense than Sharon's here than Boomer's? I guess I should say, um, because yeah, the violence of the death of shot and bleeding out versus probably a pretty instant death from a sh- nuclear bomb shockwave. Right, right. Resurrection. So they definitely get to feel it. Ooh. Yeah, Deanna coaches her through it. We see six and Doral. If the name gets me. That's the name that always eludes you, Doral, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I always forget. Because this is now, what, the fourth time he's shown up on the series? Yeah, you're it's, right. Uh, they space him out so far that I'm like, oh, yeah, you. I forget you every time. Aaron Doral. And, um, and uh, Deanna coaches, coaches uh, her through it, right? And she's just saying, we love you. Um, and Boomer <laughs> says to herself, uh, Boomer says to herself, and Boomer kind of freaks out in the tub when Boomer tells Boomer, when a copy of Boomer says, we love you. Uh, yeah, that's, that's too much for her. I mean, we already saw her when she boarded the Cylon Bay Star and just saw a million copies of herself. I mean, that was, yeah, that man. like shook her mind pretty hard. And, and that was chronologically only a couple hours ago for, here, for her here. Right, right. Absolutely. Oh, what an awful fucking thing to, to realize. Yeah. And uh, we move over to the opening credits. There's a conversation going on in the chat right now before we come back, and they're talking about um, a, there's a lot of cuts from previously on. There are several times when the shots used aren't the same ones from actual episodes. Um, Jay says, I thought it was missing something. Now it makes sense. Rotten Flieger says, they occasionally have voice lines in the previous on, which I can only assume are from cut scenes. Yeah, I think this happens in this episode because when she says, like, I'm a copy, there are 12 of us, I don't think that was in the miniseries. I think they kind of added that to bring people back up to speed. Oh, interesting. But I could be wrong about that. Um, but I feel like the miniseries is something I've seen a few times and that cop, there are many copies thing. I, I Did she say it there? Because I felt like, did she say that there? <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe the chat can find Definitely out for can't me. remember, yeah. Um, but we come <laughs> back from our opening credits, and we're present day. Cylon-occupied Caprica. Mm. Some rebuilding efforts are going on. The Cylons are getting cozy. Getting real cozy. Fucking, they're already, like, making lawn animals and hedges over here. Mm. They're so, they're just loving it. Of course, we Take see... over the world. Uh, head guys tell Six, do you know how many people died in this park? I love it. I love that he's representing her conscience. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that was... That's what he, he basically At this performs. point in the episode. Right, yeah, he performs that way. Uh, but damn, there he has access to some knowledge that makes me real... Really raise an eyebrow uh, of suspicion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, Deanna asks of Six, who says she's a little stiff, right? She's like, how are you feeling? How are you doing with this whole thing? And Six says she's getting used to it. Deanna then says, this is a great chance to cleanse. Anything you've built up, just let it all wash away. Ah, interesting. So, what I liked about that, it made me, 
Well, for one, it's kind of it plays into the thoughts I've I've had about them as as Cylon skin jobs and the unique position that is among I guess Cylons I guess versus Centurions. Um, but like as a human being, just living as one and soaking up those experiences like does affect you. Like you you can't. It's not just a mask that you're wearing and gliding through. Like you are, for all intents and purposes, a human being while you're pretending to be one. Right. And it's affecting your psychology and your body. Sure. More human God, than yeah. human is our motto here. Dude, I kept thinking Corp. that so many times watching this. I was like, God, more human than human. Yes. God, it's so weird. But, you know, it's, it makes sense. You're trying to make this infiltration machine. And I guess we do see now at least what this episode has shown us and something you've always questioned was – can they just shut their emotions off? Do they have knowledge privy to each other? Do they, do they share collective conscience? And we know that that's just not the case because if so, they wouldn't have to ask questions. They wouldn't have to have dialogue. They wouldn't have to debrief at all. The yeah. Borg don't talk to each other for a reason. Right. Do right. they? Because they are all on their company slack just talking constantly in their minds anyways. Anyone, all in their high anything mind any of them think, if they think at all, outside of automatic function, then the others are privy to it immediately as fast as it can travel through the collective, which as we've seen in that show pretty quickly. So this is where we see a difference in silence. We see individuality among this culture. Mm, Exactly. Mm. And and also, yeah, like you were saying, it goes back to the whole more human than human thing that yes, they are the perfect infiltrators, but because of how perfectly (laughs) indistinguishable they are as infiltrators, that's the flaw. That's the Achilles heel of it because they become what they're imitating. They, you can't help it. They're too perfect. They are too human. They essentially become human. But you can't omit morality. You can't omit guilt. You can't omit emotional context of these things. They, they, it doesn't work if you do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they also, grapple with these things. They grapple with the lies. It's like uh, it's like anybody. It's you well, know, especially and the the weird like smashing conflict too of how religious they are and how concerned with this monotheistic morality that they have. Yet they're doing all these you know obviously dark kind of conniving things, and that's kind of what gets brought up at the end of this episode. But but yeah, like they how are they even be- behaving that in a way that follows their religion? And that, that, that is such like a high priority in their culture when they're conniving and lying and, and doing all that. Like, I'm so glad to see them. The same way every other religion like has throughout time. <laughs> they just do it anyway. They just do it anyway. Yeah. And they believe they're doing it and they're righteous about it, right? Exactly. From the Crusades to a suicide bomber to, uh, you know, us wiping out somebody because we said God told us to. It's all the same shit. It's It's... And that's what's interesting about it. You know, uh, Brian, uh, excuse me, uh, Brian Blake says it's their choice, right? So exactly, yeah. They're not, they're not machines just responding to stimuli. They're making decisions. They're making choices. Oh, and I, I, yeah. think, I think that's what makes them interesting. And, and it's as dark as any, any human has ever been from the beginning of time, which is true. we can grapple with these things, but we do them because we believe we must. And I think that's the, I think that's the ethical conundrum here is that we might struggle with dropping a bomb on Nagasaki and Hiroshima, but we did it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. pretty fucking wild. 
and, and yet, and then we'll pet our dogs and we'll kiss our kids goodnight and we'll say, well, it was for the best and, and I'll see you at church on Sunday. And, and it's the same yep. shit the Cylons are going through. It's just a bigger scale. If they believe the humans are an actual threat to their longevity and a threat to them and their ability to, to exist, then it makes sense why they would try to exterminate them or attack them. The way they did, right. you know. I mean, well, I, you could make an that, argument that the galaxy is a big place, and they probably could have settled elsewhere. But right, but there I seems to be more with, uh, prophecy involved here. They they seem to ride so high on their fucking moral high horse too. Of like, ah, humans are the flawed, disgusting ones, and they should be purged and gotten rid of because we're the the superior iteration of of humanity, or whatever. I'm like, but you guys are that much worse because you believe that. Like it makes you that much more awful because you think you're so righteous, right? You do the worst things. Um. Also, before I before it gets too far gone in the chat, I really want to highlight something Elzar seven sixty said because it is almost word for word a theory I had watching this episode, and he says it very well. My theory at this time was that when uh, six, uh, I guess the original Caprica six shielded Baltar during the nuclear blast. I thought maybe there was some way from the energy of the blast and all that they somehow imprinted on each other, he on her and her on him. I had that thought and I feel like that's possible. But if that's the case, then again, I think he's a Cylon because I feel like that the only way those consciousnesses could intertangle like that is if they're each dying and each being redownloaded in that moment Mm -hmm. together. I'm like, if he's just a person then he just fucking dies or, or she's gone and he's still living and there's no way for a Cylon to imprint onto a human consciousness. I don't know. I don't know. Let's get really into the weeds. At this point in the series, you would have to ask yourself, what would be the benefit? What, what does it make sense? Now I'm not confirming or denying that Gaius is or isn't a Cylon, but you'd have to ask yourself at this point in the series, why haven't we seen him among all of these other Cylons? Why, when they you know. discuss, when she brings him up, why don't they say, oh, don't worry, he's safe, he resurrected as well. You would think that this would be something that was said. I, true, I agree with that. Unless also, he is secret to them, which is possible, right? Because right. we don't know or, everything yet. Or just that th- that particular version of him that was called, if he's a Cylon, the version of him that's called Gaius Baltar and was a famous human scientist, that that's who she's referring to and not like by not calling him whatever model number he would be that they're like, wait, why do you care so much about this Gaius persona that he was playing? Um, like, like, I feel like that was the suspicion there. If he was an actual sure. Cylon. I like it. Um, I feel like that's, feel like that's possible. Mm-hmm. One I'm thing still, we do yeah, know is that sure. they are inexorably connected somehow, some way. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, but to each other in different ways. So strange. Yep. So strange. Pretty wild. So, we move back to present-day Galactica, and Sharon is having a little bit of a hybrid baby, isn't she? A little little Cylon, a little person. A little little bit of Cylon blood, a little bit of person blood. A little bit of this and a little bit of that. There you go. Oh, yeah. Cottle says, I find it fascinating that you went through all the trouble to appear human but didn't upgrade the plumbing. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking love Cottle, dude. So true. I mean, like, really? You guys didn't make any advancements, fix any? You didn't, like, uh, do Cylons have appendixes? Because if so, that's really stupid. (laughs) When you think about it, like, you really left that little dangly organ that does nothing except explode and kill us every now and then for no reason. (laughs) You guys didn't fix that? Mm. Human models? There you go. Maybe, maybe not. Depends how if they want to appear real or not. Uh, Detached placenta. So things are serious for Sharon. 
And yeah. we shoot over to Cylon Caprica, mm-hmm. a Cylon occupied Caprica. And Deanna and Six walk and talk. Everyone calls you Caprica Six. You're like the only six on the planet. It's like you're the only six on the planet. What you did was incredibly difficult. Seduce a man emotionally and physically so much that he grants you access to all those closely guarded secrets of his people. That mission could be profoundly disturbing. (laughs) What a fascinating topic here. This gets back to just really cementing a lot of what we're learning about the Cylons in this episode, which is she's, it's like she's the only six on the planet. Yeah, she's being treated differently. She's not she being is. treated as they, they, they perhaps are less of a collective conscious than we ever thought. They seem yeah. to be a collection of individuals with uh, varying motivations, which of course we're going to see by the end of this episode. And I'm also just the way she phrases it too. They're like, Oh, you know, which is something that's very difficult. Like I never would have thought I'd hear a Cylon talk about a mission in that way. That, that emotionally difficult. difficult, right? That it would be an emotional burden. I'm like, Whoa, wait, you got, you guys have emotions? <laughs> I did. I didn't realize that. I mean, I guess you know what's interesting about this too is it still fits in with everything we've seen before because a lot of times when we see them being robotically calm in the face of death, that's kind of what makes us go, "Oh, they must just not feel anything." But that's just because they can instantly be revived, and you wouldn't be afraid of death if you knew you were going to come right back every time. Because um, so, yeah, so that, a lot of that robotic calm we've seen is in situations involving imminent death not in long prolonged missions that would be you know traumatic and, and emotional right good stuff Gaius of course taunts her a little bit and then Deanna says that an eight is having trouble integrating we know that this is the boomer slash Sharon model she's struggling yeah. with her download Deanna offers to uh refers to uh her as a hero as well and she insists on calling herself Sharon if we don't turn her around now there's talk of boxing her it is a last resort, but she's been regressing. And then Guy's taunts more, and he says, that's a charming way to deal with one's problems. It's almost inhuman. Oh, that's right, you are. <laughs> I fucking love that. It's almost inhuman. <laughs> but I love, God, anytime he pricks them, at they're like, oh, yeah, you guys are so much better than us, so much more moral and upright. Oh, wait, you still do the same shit, though, don't you? Yeah. What do you Love think it. of uh, what do you think of the filter on the cameras they always use for uh, silent occupied Caprica? It's always got that orange sort of. This place was nuked to glow about it, <laughs> right? Yeah, this place is very. You're either somewhere that got a nuclear bomb dropped on it, or you know Arizona. <laughs> it's just <laughs> hazy yellow all the time. I guess the, I guess the radiation doesn't matter for them. It's another handy benefit of being a Cylon, perhaps. Well, um. Oh, you know, one thing, too, uh, another good point brought up in the chat that I don't want to skip. Old Danny Fouch, uh, he brought up, you know, regarding the whole idea of whether uh, Gaius is a, a Cylon. If he's a Cylon, why would a Six have been sent to seduce him? Of course. Yeah. It's a very solid point. Yeah. Very good point. I think that's, yeah. He, even if, that even if they wanted the Gaius as a plant, they could have done it with less work. If Because mm. they wanted the defense mainframe codes if he was a Cylon. We can just assume he got them unless he is some sort of sleeper Cylon that none of them know about. Yeah. Ultra high top brass Cylon command only knows. Right. I mean, we could speculate on all kinds of theories like that. But um, Mm -hmm. going on what we actually know, Danny has a point. Mm -hmm. It's true. We see a POV on binoculars, Matthew. What's going on here? Oh, there he is. Mm. Our boy Anders. 
back in action, still fighting the good fight Hell here yeah. on Caprica. Him and the Resistance. What'd you think They've of seeing him? I liked it. I like that that we come back to that and that it doesn't. For one, I like that we're seeing him without the context of of uh, Starbuck. Like, if he was just uh, a character that is in the picture when Starbuck's there, it kind of makes him a pretty like. Well, you're only here as an accessory to another more important character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like seeing him independent of that. That we they they are out there, you know, fighting the good fight, still at it. Um, and they're charting out all the Centurions' movements. You know, to, though, to be honest, as much as I like seeing them, as I, I like seeing that the Resistance is still in action and moving on Caprica, regardless of what Galactica or anybody else is doing, uh, I got to admit, <laughs> their plan is a little bit silly. Because yeah. <laughs> he's just like, well, yeah, they get revived every time, but I, I know that it hurts every single time. They remember every last bit of their death. So we're just going to keep killing them over and over again until they don't like dying so much and then leave. I'm like, it's, I don't it's, think that's going to work out, a, I, I found it to be, considering when this came out, considering when this came out, which was, I guess, 2000, what, you'd say 2000, this particular episode, six? Four or five. Yeah. 2006. Well, Oh, okay. This is very much a a classic insurgent ideology here, which is we will put you through pain until you have no longer the fortitude to stay. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what I took it as. Like we yeah. will just punish you for being in our country until you decide to leave it. Right. And that, and to me that the uh the, like punishing aspect of it is the most believable part, but to for the Cylons expecting them to actually leave, I'm like, dude, you spelled out the problem with your plan in saying it. They just will keep coming back. Like they'll ju- they will outlast you, hunt you guys down, and your your numbers don't replenish, and they'll fucking wipe you out. It's gone. It's over. But I mean, like the the revenge aspect of it, I'm kind of down with though. Man. He's just like fuck it. We're just gonna attack them just to attack them to let them know that they can't just crush us. We I'm will, like I'm down with that. I feel you. We have the fortitude for war. Do you? <laughs> So, I guess that's his plan. That their actual plan is is a little touch and go, but they're not really military people, so they're more paramilitary, I guess you'd say. But they do all right here. So yeah, we um, they're going to uh, they're gonna they're taking some notes, doing some surveillance. They're going to go under them via a storm drain, which leads to a garage, <laughs> which is under a cafe. There's going to be dozens of skin jobs in there. They're going to blow it up, right? Uh, Six goes up to see Sharon. We do see um, Cottle doing work, keeping the baby and uh, Sharon alive. And then we come back to Six going to see Sharon. This is it. I like this scene a lot. Me too. Uh, I really like yeah. it. Yeah. So Six Six goes up to Sharon's apartment to see Sharon, and they're having trouble with her. So Six is going to see what she can do. So Sharon's listening to some, excuse me, boomer. I'm fucking up already. <laughs> well, that's so how hard. I took my notes. So I'm kind of going to be <laughs> fucked here. Um, so Six goes up to see Boomer, and um, she's listening to some loud music doing pull-ups. And she's wearing a colonial, like, flight gear, her, her little... Uh, yeah. And she looks around the apartment and sees images. This is home, and I am not leaving, Boomer insists. Mm-hmm. Six says, you know, I lived on Caprica for two years. I knew what I was. I pretended to be human, but I knew... But I knew. And I love how she calls her out here. So that just means you know how to be a really good liar. Yep. 
So fuck you for coming up here trying to question me. I know you're a liar. Yep. If you knew what you were when you lived on Caprica, you know what that makes you? <laughs> so Bummer jumps in the shower, and that's when mm-hmm. Gaius gives Six some advice. Hmm. Start with the elephants, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she brings up God, and Gaius is like, ah, Dude, I love, I love when he's like, oh, don't go religious with this one. Yeah. What are you thinking? I love the coaching. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And uh, Boomer's struggling with being a lying machine, right? Mm-hmm. A fracking Cylon. This, this is love. Holding up a picture of the flight crew, chief. Awesome. These are the people I love that I didn't pretend. Uh, dude, did, like, I, again, it, boy, if we're going to try and chart who has the most tragic run here i used to say Hilo. now i'm thinking original og galactica boomer because fuck this is all like she still hates to f- the fact that she's a cylon like what an awful thing and it's it's absolutely true it's 100 confirmed but you still don't want it you still feel the old life you had you know thinking that you and i, I, th- I think she even says Oh, no, no, no. She does say she shot a man. I was trying to remember if this boomer knew whether or not Adama lived or not. But I I think she was still around long enough to realize that he didn't die right away. Right. One thing thing to keep in mind, too, which is easy to kind of get lost in this mire, is that Six did have a mission that was similar to Boomer's. However, Boomer thought she was human. Six never did. Exactly, exactly. That's the real hitch. That's why, you know, it's, uh, this is also, this, this reminds me a little bit of, uh, I guess you could say analogous to, to war, uh, the wars that we know, which is we, we use this particular person in a certain way and then kind of just dump them in a box and we're done. And, and because of the way we've trained them and put them out there, they just can't reintegrate into society. That's what we're seeing play out in the Cylon world with Boomer, which is she's a sleeper agent, always thought she was a Cylon, always thought she had real parents, loved her friends, and then shot a man she loved, as she so succinctly says it. And, uh, you know, Six struggled as well because she did have feelings for Gaius, but that was more in that classic spy sense, which is, I know I'm a spy, I'm getting close to this guy, but I'm still loyal to Mother Russia. You know, that's a different kind of thing. Exactly. In this, it's you literally think you are one thing and then you realize you aren't and you must, in a sense, almost feel like you're possessed. Right. And uh, it's right. a struggle. It's a struggle for her. It's harder for her than for the other Cylons to integrate. It's not that she's a weaker or flawed model. It's that she had a harder mission and a harder design. Which makes me, yeah, exactly. I think you're, you're dead on. And which makes me wonder why they went about these two missions in such different ways. I mean, when you think about it, to be honest... Uh, as as successful as Boomer was as a sleeper agent for the Cylons, this six is the most resoundingly successful fucking sleeper agent mission ever. I mean, sure, she broke the code, got into the you know the basically got access to everything that Gaius allowed her to. That was able to kickstart the initial attack and make the the attack on humanity possible and kill the most people. She's directly responsible for that. And she knew she was a Cylon the whole time. Mm-hmm. Makes me wonder why they also have Cylons who are so deep in cover that they themselves believe they're human. Like, what is the advantage of that? I mean, like we said, it certainly makes you convincing because you're never lying. You believe it yourself. 
but you can how do they ever ex- expect to reintegrate that person sure. like there's no way you can't ever undo you can't pull the curtain away it's tough to infiltrate a uh, an insular military uh like bridge crew so you kind of got to lay that groundwork early and then have the f- switch ready Oof. yeah that's tough that is, maybe that maybe that is their their strategy and they know it's going to be in some in a place and, um, and among professionals who are maybe expecting Cylon sure. attacks and infiltration, yeah. uh, that you got to be that much more, I guess, I don't know, undercover. There you go. Well, Six has an idea. She's going to, uh, she's going to play up this wound, the picture breaking. She cuts herself. This is interesting because she's trying to get a line in on Boomer. In a way, she knows how. She knows Boomer cares about her friends. She knows that Boomer is, I mean, really, the problems they're having with Boomer is her humanity. So Six capitalizes on that humanity and um, gets Boomer to calm down, to apologize, to treat her wound. And it gives Six an opportunity to converse with her. Uh, and that is that is just some perfect Six shit. <laughs> Manipulative. Oh, I'm hurt. Even though I cut my own fucking face like a psycho. Mm, indeed. Uh, never saw a Cylon show fear before, especially the Sixes. You are all so hardcore, Boomer says. Guys mm-hmm. prompt Six to tell Sharon, to tell Boomer that she is more like her. <laughs> I had I someone him. I met here, a man. I loved him, and I think he would love me eventually. And Dude, I just uh, love the how way they much mirror she- the fucking words together. It's great. Yes, and how much she trusts him because he he straight up tells her here, oh, you know, you can feign emotional vulnerability very well. You're good at it, but I'm better because I actually am a human being. So, like, follow me. And then he starts just straight giving her a script that she follows, and she unquestioningly starts following it. Yeah, like that. I find that to be a fascinating interaction. Like, she's a Cylon. He is a human being, even though the nature of this particular head, Gaius, I still have no fucking idea. <laughs> but <laughs> Gaius is a human being, and she, without question, takes his script and starts doing exactly what he tells her to do. Sure. Never would have thought. Never would have thought I'd seen that interaction between these two. Awesome. By the way, that, this, this old house of Gaius's is incredible. I wish I Wait. had it. The one oh, you the see in the flashbacks? House, yeah. Good Lord. Oh, what fantastic. a fucking view. Oh yeah, Shit. you know some sh- some shitty movie producer actually owns it. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we move over to Anders and his team and their plan. One of the team members says that this mission is risky, and that the couple dozen skin jobs they kill will just download to new body. And this brings up the thing you were talking about earlier, which is, you know, they remember. I want them to remember being blown up, and they will know there is no safe place, not even a cafe. Oof. Boy, did that, did that sound eerily familiar? <laughs> the war in Iraq. So if you want to keep living and dying over and over again, then, well, there you go. That's it. Mm-hmm. I guess it's worth it. I guess it's, it's worth, worth it. it. So um, we go back to Six telling Boomer about her favorite spot in the universe. Magical. Too bad you nuked it, <laughs> Gaius says. <laughs> <laughs> Truly magical. So glad. Um. <laughs> And then, of course, Six says she visited the ruins of the house. Says she was looking for a connection to him. Even found some of his old things and kept them, right? Placating Boomer. Well, she says she found some of his old things, and then she decided to burn them. Right, right. She says that next, right? 
I realized that they were keeping me from truly embracing my new life. And that's when she says she burned them and felt liberated. Uh, Gaius is like, well, that's beautiful. And calls it a pack of lies, which of course it is. And then Six admits that it was Gaius Baltar. I love this moment. Because she's like, wait, he's the one who betrayed us? Oh, boomer. Oh, yeah. Tough, tough news. And because now this boomer was also privy to the information of he is vice president of the colonies now. Yeah. Like, not only is he alive, he is in a high position of power. She's like, wow, he's the Cylon traitor? <laughs> not necessarily a Cylon, but boy, pretty good in league with him. Yep. This one thinks she's more human than Cylon, Gaia says, just like someone else I know. <laughs> Does he still work for the Cylons in Galactica, Burmer asks. He's alive? Awesome. <laughs> it's so good. Awesome. What a what what an awesome thing to what a bunch of great groundwork being laid for wonderful three dimensional conflicts with these characters. Totally. Totally. And also, I mean, God, just the strength of this show to be able to have I mean, just to think about even in in editing wise, we go from seeing a different version of six than we than we already know, the original boomer that we haven't seen in a long time, and a new version of Head Gaius. And we're able to to sort that mystery at least into you know some narrative we can follow, even if we don't know all the answers to the mysteries around it. And then cut right to actual Gaius aboard Galactica above that, and we're able to keep track of all of this. And sure, it, it it flows like it still makes sense, even though it's confusing in the sense of I don't know the motives of everybody behind all these and the whys. I can follow it. I'm just like, damn, that is that's an impressive feat in writing that I'm still impressed with. This scene is great. Yeah, another really good scene. You know, you know the Galactic is in peril when the champion of virtue is Gaius Baltar. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh. Essentially, Roslyn is with Gaius, Ty, and Adama. And um, she's talking about the baby surviving, and Ty's like, it's not human. Adama says that the Silence went through a lot of trouble to create it. And if it's good for them, it's bad for us. That's false dichotomy. That's okay. Rosalind agrees, and uh, Gaius is essentially alone in his fight for this creature's right to live. Right to live. Guess infanticide is not off the table. Half human. I suggest we all keep that half in mind. Mm -hmm. And you know, this is one of those things where, of course, I, I think Gaius on principle is correct, but gauging the practical concerns of the situation, I'm of course like, don't just throw a baby in an airlock, please, for the love of God. Like, let's not become those people. However, I do end up pretty much siding with Rosalind in the sense of you can't give this over to Sharon. Even though, to be honest, me, individually, Matthew, I believe Galactica Sharon. I believe that she is not siding with the Cylons. And I think the baby would probably be fine with her. But if I'm the president of the colonies, I go... No, we still, like, we don't know. We don't know their capabilities. We don't know if all of the Cylon fleet can see through that Sharon's eyes still and know exactly what she's seeing. I don't fucking know. And also, we still are completely sure that there are other unknown Cylons in the fleet that we are unaware of. We got to be careful with this thing. You can't just be like, oh, yeah, sure, take it. It's fine. Like, there's, there's no way. It's a tough call. It is, it's a fucking tough call, but I, I end up siding mostly with Rosalind on this by the end of the episode. Mm. By the end of the episode, is that different from now siding with her on it? 
Well, because don't, we don't know what they're going to do yet. They're still very much like, ah, we don't want right. we don't so let Sharon and Hilo Pull have on it. your big boy pants and give me your ethical feelings on it before you know the outcome. Hmm. Mainly in that they can't, you can't hand it over to a known Cylon just because as human beings in this whole conflict, you don't even know the, like, the capacity of Cylons and, and what all they're capable of. And, you know, as much as it might be technically a false dichotomy, Adama is right in that they went through an extreme effort to try and produce this child that's incredibly important to them. Why? You don't want to be able to just let them be able to possibly gain easy access to that. You want to be able to keep an eye on it. Um, And then at the end of the day, like I was saying, you don't know where other silence could be coming from. And we've only accounted for, I mean, hell, as viewers, what, we're up to like six or seven uh, Cylon models that we're aware of, and I think, I think the the humans on the show are only know maybe five or six, something like that. But there are other, you know, there are other models of Cylons that you're still unaware of that could, if they heard about this information, easily find a way to to come and steal this baby if it's that important, this hybrid. Um, but my my hardline position is just that you can't give it over to a known Cylon. You can't let it just out of your sight somewhere um and you also can't fucking kill it because it is a goddamn baby like come on so you got to find some way to accommodate those points right there's um there's a lot on the bone there that that i'd like to talk about so yeah it's it's interesting that there's they they are they all they all are are they are all making kind of points on this um you know they they don't they admittedly don't know much about cylon technology if their plan is, if their plan was to allow the baby to be born, then presumably they're not going to terminate the baby. So, if they allowed the pregnancy to come to term, then they're allowing the, 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 the fetus to come into existence and be born and become a baby. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, they 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 are kind of flying with no radar here, no dratus to, to, to uh, <laughs> use a more relevant connection. But, and I say that because. They don't know if they take this baby and give it to Maya and she disappears into the fleet that the Cylons don't instantly know where it is by way of some kind of tracking they're unaware of. It's true. It, is it possible it's safer in this locked up infirmary? And because remember, you're not just taking this baby from, from her. You're taking it from Hilo, a crew member, the, the actual father. It's so, true. yeah, man, you're putting it in a tough spot, which is why I think if, if, you're, if deception, if death is, if the death of the baby is a deception you're going to run on. It might be one of your best moves. Right. If you're if you're certain she can't keep it for whatever reason, and then you're certain that, you know, if you're certain that they can't just, they're not going to just kill it because they let it come to term, but you don't really know if the other Cylons are aware of where each other are on the fleet at any given time. You have no idea. To, to It almost seems like, wow, you're going to let it go out in wherever and hope they don't have some sort of innate tracking system where they're just like, it's this way. I just know it's this way. Right. Right. It, it, and they just take it off that little dumb girl. It's like, thanks. And they take off. <laughs> that's yeah. I mean, that's one of those things where I'm like, Oh, I, I know they're probably keeping a close eye on her, but not 24 seven observation. You mean Maya? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible. They have a, some guy following her around. But um, yeah, it's a tough one. I think if you've if you've let it, I kind of feel like at this point, if you let it be born, let it stay with the mother and Hilo, and you're in her, you have her in a locked up infirmary. I mean, unless the baby turns into a monster, you're probably going to be able to keep it contained. <laughs> right. 
but deception isn't a bad call either. Yeah. I mean, oof, it is a, it's a crazy call to have to make. Tough one. Um, and I think, like, I think overall, the, the only thing that I feel truly bad about in this is just the anguish you have to force on Hilo and, and Sharon. It's, oof, it's pretty fucking awful. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I, I like, almost feel like too, like a tactically when the Dom is like, well, the sounds are going to make a play for her. I'm like, great. Awesome. So set him up. That is, mm, that's a really good point. You know what I mean? You like now you, have, if you, you control the battlefield yeah, at that point, like you, you, you control, you decide where. where they come now. Right. Exactly. Right. If you're yeah. so confident that they're going to make a play on it, why are you going to disappear into the fleet somewhere? You have no control over the, the, that situation at all. Oof. That's a really good point. <laughs> that's actually a really solid one. Well, whatever. It is what it is, and uh, she made her decision. We go back to the sick bay, and um, she's been named Hera. Ooh. Oh, little Hera. Sharon and Hilo make uh, googly eyes at their baby. It almost makes you want to believe in the Cylon God, Hilo says. What do you think of that fucking blasphemy? <laughs> I mean, I liked it. It was him <laughs> tossing a little bone to her, being like, Almost, though. Like, not yeah. really, but, you know. Uh, dude, this fucking scene almost got me choked up. Like, it's how awesome. often do you get to see these two people on this show have a genuine smile? And That'd be, be like, never. Happy <laughs> and affectionate and, like, warm. Oh, my God, this is so rare. I don't think I've ever seen Hilo look like that ever. And I don't remember the last time I saw Sharon smile like that. I'm like, God, it's so nice. So fucking sad. And it just gets ripped away in, like, the next five minutes. Just gone. Ah, it's brutal. I feel so bad for the two of them. Yep, it's uh, it's rough. Danny was saying, not confident they could stop the play. Too risky. Maybe. Maybe. It's possible. But then the problem is, is you're saying, now you're suggesting that there's a hidden Cylon force amongst the fleet that can fuck you up. So, so I mean, at any point, they could strike you anywhere at any time. I mean, if you if you believe that, then, you know, what, what's to stop them from making a play on you or anyone else for that matter? They're, that's kind of, that's right. the whole situation you're on. Why would they ever wait? Yeah. Why would they ever wait for any reason? You know, mm-hmm. at least if they, if you think they want a baby, it gives you a little bit more of a, so, so, so take the baby out of the equation, right? Now let's just say that there's a Cylon force that you're, that you're not sure you can fight and it's on your ship somewhere. You're kind of fucked. You're basically <laughs> waiting to die, one. you know? Right. And to be honest, you know, dude, one of the things I think is really interesting uh, about this show as it goes on, and, you know, especially early on when I was really, like in season one trying to figure out the Cylons and, you know, trying to figure out just what they are and are not capable of and how embedded they are, how much knowledge they're privy to. To be honest, I feel like that's actually their best tactical advantage is that the humans just do not know what they're capable of to the, to the extent that they are. And, and, and like, they might not be capable of half of the shit that we've speculated, Sure, but it's sure. good for them tactically to, for the humans to just not know, mm-hmm. just to it, it, be constantly one. Like I was thinking about that from like a meta perspective. I'm like, you know, the way that I wonder about the Cylons, if characters in the show were wondering the same things, that's a big advantage for the Cylons. Like maybe they really can't, do half the shit they think. Maybe they have way less, you know, we might have all these grand conspiracy theories of like, oh my God, there might be like a hundred fucking Cylons in the fleet, all different models on different ships that people don't know about. And it's like, no, there might be like two 
and the Cylons just you know let us speculate and worry. Right. Um, I'm like, ah, that's such a major like psychological propaganda advantage. That's it's, it's crazy. Pretty intense. They're talking about the a lot of trouble to make a baby in the chat, and I'm like, kind of did they though? I know Adama said it, but let's think about that for a minute. I mean, you what know, was her mission? Her mission was to she the Cylon Sharon came back, got close to Hilo, and you know they boned. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's a part of me that thinks that's reminds that, me well, of the I mean, Bill Burr bit. You know what the hardest job in the world is being a mom? Oh, is it? Yeah, is it? <laughs> he does that whole fucking bit about you stay home all day and shit. He goes, yeah, go to the fucking factory for 12 hours. <laughs> you fucking tell me. <laughs> shit. It's a funny, no, it, it's a funny it, joke, it, I guess is my point. It, it does make me think, though, about... And that's in a whole other God, there's so many fucking cans of worms in this goddamn show. Um, but a whole other thing about, like... Is it really Sharon Nahila's baby or is it Six and Gaius's baby? Like she keeps fucking saying. Right. That, like that's just, not privy to the crew though. That's that's more of a no. meta discussion. No, but it, it does relate to the importance of the baby to the Cylons. Um, because maybe that was part of that. Right. Maybe that but, was but originally. But my point is Adama doesn't know that. Well, yeah, no, and I agree. I agree. But I'm like, I'm still saying there might be some credence to the oh, idea of that matters to yes, the Cylons. I concur on, on a um, meta perspective. Right, just because of like that might have been part of Six's original mission too was to become impregnated via a Cylon, guys. a Cylon human baby. It matters. Like I don't want to oh, dismiss yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But as far as what the humans know about what it matters, yeah, sure. We don't know. Yeah, if I was a Let human, me. I would try to keep that fucker as close as possible. It's it's a it's a major fucking discovery. It's like what the fuck is this? This is a new life. Right. And I mean, also, they, we, it's easy to forget the way we do the show. You know, a couple of weeks have gone by. Um, but didn't that human Cylon hybrid blood fucking cure Rosalind's cancer? It did. Like, that's pretty goddamn major. Yeah, give her like, that thing. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> give, it to this, give it to this dummy, this runaway. Ew, yuck. <laughs> ah. Dude, that is a Twilight Zone episode if I've ever heard one. They throw the baby into the incinerator, and the guy comes running up like, wait, wait, its blood was the cure for all disease. And they're like, oh, no, truly we are the monsters. Dun, dun, dun. They go to this bitch's house. She's got, like, you know, heroin needles on the table. She's all strung out, baby screaming in the crib. I'm like, oh, this is a good move. No, the baby's dead, and she's just seeing it crawl around on the ceiling. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> She just starts fucking vampiring that baby, selling its blood off to six people. Sick people. Six. Jesus, got six on the brain. Not that that's Adama's bad, but... <laughs> yeah. Adama's all like, wow, you really cleaned up nice for a junkie when you came in to the president's <laughs> office. <laughs> Fuck. I'm sure they vetted the shit out of her. I mean, it's a presidential oh, thing. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, anyway, Andrew's group, they plant some explosives, and then the silence are at the cafe. Six says, why did she get me to work with you knowing you'd tell me the truth? She knew I had feelings for Gaius. Knew that I had trouble letting go. Mm-hmm. Wanted to basically expose her to that knowledge so that she would crack under Trigger it the feelings. Trigger those feelings, get her all messed up again, and then we have basically an excuse to box the both of them mm. and just be done with it. 
For self-aware that... cybernetic life forms, you can be unbearably obtuse. <laughs> God, I just I love a human character torturing them on their it's high horse. That's just that's just so good. I'm like, <laughs> ah, it's been about fucking time. For I'm that. not gonna confirm nor deny that you added the human descriptor, but it is awesome. I mean, as far as we know, for right now, <laughs> that's 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 my full descriptor. You know, Gaius Baltar, human, as far as we know, for right now. <laughs> Everybody's name is that. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking paranoid ass show. It's making me. It's turning me into Alex Jones. I'm like, everyone's gay frogs. I don't know. <laughs> They're all Cylons. <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> I've heard the communiques. But, the deep state is Cylons. Deanna breaks in on the conversation, and asks what they are talking about. And uh, Bummer's just like, oh, she just asked me to move out. And uh, <laughs> Deanna feigns happiness at this, and Gaius calls her a liar. She has no interest in seeing Sharon cured. They're going to box her. <laughs> oh, boy. See, now this, dude, this is one of those moments where I'm like, okay, is this your who knows for what or for why, your head Gaius behaving as your conscience and speaking to maybe your gut like giving words to your gut instincts that this is off. Yeah. Or does this guy has have access to some knowledge that you don't and how the hell does he have that access? That's yeah. a question for me. I like it. I like it. I just don't know. I don't, I really don't know. Like I couldn't even speculate as to which way I'm like, Ugh. we get closer and closer to Anders crew blowing up a bunch of Cylons. Then we go back to six telling Deanna that Boomer is moving out of her apartment. It's kind of a weird conversation. It's very tense. How about right now? I'll help, Deanna says. God, moving so fast. What a creep. <laughs> Just like, what are you, a lesbian asking me out on the date? Moving so fast. Well, that, uh, that impetuousness saves the three of them from getting utterly killed because... That is true. Kaboom. They get down to the stairwell. Yeah. Anders uh, gets separated, though. That's right, yeah. Because he notices a centurion patrolling that notices their their bomb basically and yeah. could defuse it so he ends up opening fire on it to to keep it from actually stopping the bomb yep we go to Rosalind telling Cottle that she will not allow the Cylon to raise the child she can't risk Cylon agents getting their hands on the child so we're gonna hide it with a 16 year old girl <laughs> uh, Tori hands Cottle a list of names uh, of capable and suitable mothers Here I like the way are. Cottle just looks at her disgusted You've thought of everything, haven't you? <laughs> you know, I gotta say, seeing old Doc Cottle in his class A's definitely bumps him up a little bit on the BSG beef report. Just a little wow, bit. Wow, going old just, school. Uh, just a little notch up. You can get them catcher's saying... mitts on your ham hocks. You don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> uh, just a notch, just a notch. All right, so Sharon, um, excuse me, Boomer, Deanna, and Six are all trapped in the rubble. They're all alive. Six seems the most injured, a bad leg injury. And this next shit here is amazing. Outstanding. Where Deanna just says, it would have been better if the explosion had killed her. There's nothing we can do about the pain. She even suggests that they put her out of her misery. So what an interesting insight. I can find a you know uh, an I beam just put you out of your mind. I'm like really you're gonna crush my face with a fucking I beam? Yeah, that sounds like putting put out of misery. Right, but wacky, sure. isn't that what? A, that almost Dude. seems like a weakness mm, that they wouldn't persevere in any way. That they're just like ah, let's just die. Right, be resurrected. Right, it, that's interesting. Absolutely, 
Absolutely. It's a video game. Dad, ah, reset. Do the level over. It's not perfect. Ah, fuck it. Ah, fuck it. Reset, <laughs> reset, reset, reset. Exactly. It's different when you have the one life. The one. Dude, yeah. But, no, but I, just the weakness. I, I, like, they don't want to... They The idea of dealing with the pain, it's just, why? Why bother? Well, there's, there's that, but in this particular circumstance, I think Deanna is also looking like, hey, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and kill you. Get that consciousness out of your body and beamed over to the resur- resurrection center where we will put it in a fucking box. Of and course. Yeah, of course. And that's, that's a big it. part like, of it as well. That's majorly what she's aiming for because you can't trust Xena Warrior Princess, baby. She's always scheming. Right. Um... I guess my point is the play has to, the, the, what she's saying has to make sense for the play not to be seen as completely absurd from them. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense what I'm saying? In other words, that, like, her making that statement has to be somewhat believable. That's for it to even. True, right, true, right. exactly. That's a good point. Anyway, and, so, and like I, I could totally imagine that in combat situations, like skin jobs, like, you know, they have a gun and they're fighting and they get mortally injured and you know humans are closing in on them. They're like, ah, fuck it. They just shoot themselves and don't don't even sweat it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that that's probably happened. I'm sure that's like a you know a weirdly acceptable part of their like culture. They find Anders in the amongst the rubble. Oh boy. And Dude, uh, this- and then Deanna says, Well, the only way for us to survive is for the three of us to frack him. And we get the hottest scene ever in BSG. Oh, so good. <laughs> Just so good. Oh, crap. That doesn't happen. But uh, um, she kicks yeah. him in the face. Just unhesitatingly bra, kick bra. in the face. <laughs> and then pick up that old desert eagle and just waste him is what she's going to do. Oh, absolutely. Why not? Damn. Heartless ass Cylon. Boomer says, no. Grabs that gun away. No military Dude, value. It, They're trying to sell it, right? Right. Right. And also, I mean, to their point, even if they are, even if they were both still stone cold Cylon human haters, they are right. Like, why would you, you, this is one of your terrorists. You caught one. There you go. Get rid of him. Don't waste him. But the idea of getting information from him or from him is too good to pass up. Exactly. So Gaius says, why not kill him? You've already killed billions of people. Do you honestly believe one more body is going to weigh any heavier on your conscience, which is something that you don't have, do you? God damn, uh, dude. Fucking love guy, yes. Whether he's a Cylon or not, I fucking love him. I don't care. Yep. They find the Kara colonial fleet ID on her. Awesome. And uh, that's when Bummer says she was on Cap a couple of weeks ago. She escaped with another Sharon. Oh, that's what Deanna mm-hmm. says. Excuse me. And that's right. when Bummer says he meant something to her, of course. Six picks it up after Deanna tosses it away. Oh man, when Deanna tossed it away, I was like, oh, you bitch. Like, I was so, that actually really bothered me. I was like, is he really going to lose that? Yeah. Come on. But of course, fucking six picks it up. Right. <clears throat> Guy says. And also, oh, another important uh, confirmation here is that Deanna, like you already said, oh, she escaped with another uh, Sharon. Right. They weren't aware of that. That was not part of their plan. That was not some machination of theirs. They're saying, oh, yeah, she escaped with some, some rogue share. Right. That, that's a great point. We went by it quickly. That matters to you because you were always wondering, was yeah, it, was it like, one of those fake outs? <laughs> I'm always worried about them Cylon fake outs, the man. The little fucking audibles, man. You don't know. <laughs> but um, Gaius says, you have it in your hand. Hard physical proof of someone's love for another if you only felt this deeply about us. I did. I do. I love you guys. Hell yeah. <laughs> Where's the tangible proof? We go back to Coddle. We lost the baby. And Sharon Dude, is not is... having it. 
Uh, I feel for everybody in this scene, for one. Like, Coddle having to say this lie and having to fucking give this news is just so shitty and having to, to stick with this horrible story that he knows isn't true. What do you think? Um, what do you think Hilo thinks? Fucking he does not look like he's buying it, does he? Dude, it's a good point. I, I wonder. Uh, of the two, he definitely looks the most suspicious. I mean, he's he's in the military. He knows Adama. He knows Rosalind. He knows, well, he kind of knows her. He knows her duplicitous. At this point, he knows the, the side of her, right? Oh, a bunch of these tricky politician Hell fucks. Yeah. Tricky Who knows bastards. what they're doing? Dude, although, and this says, seems like a small thing, but when you think about it, it actually gets pretty weird. Um, what are they looking at if that's not their baby? I don't know. We'll have to find out. We don't know what that is. <laughs> Did they carve it out of rubber? <laughs> they put a rubber baby. I mean, she touches it. They let her touch it. Did they find some other person Paper in the machine, just had man. a baby and it's dying and they're like, ah, here you go. Yeah, it's that important. Rosalind made some other woman abort her baby. And they pulled it out of there. <laughs> they, they scooped it out with an ice cream scoop. They got it out of there and they uh, stuck it in the little, uh, little oh, infirmary God. thing. What is that thing called? Incubator? They scooped it out with an ice cream scoop, right? For the cause, for the greater good, Matthew, right? That's what they always say, the politicians. But you fucking, Rosalind just standing there weeping for the greater good, for Mm. the greater good. No way. She was steely eyed. (laughs) Fuck that bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. But it is weird. It's weird. But they they have a fake dead baby here. So that, uh, to give old, to give old Sharon something to weep over. You like As if her life hasn't been shitty enough. Sorry. Wait, the gun coming back through. Sharon grabs him by the throat. The Marines have to pull her off. And then later we see Hilo and Tiro committing the ashes to space. It's such a cool looking scene. Hell yeah, I dude. I love that scene. And again, like we haven't gotten to see this in a couple episodes, but I think it's really cool seeing this kind of cemented tie between Hilo and Chief because of their kind of unique relationship with Sharon. Yep. They each had something there. And like to see them coming together in this moment. And that's fucking huge. Here's the child that you had with Sharon and you're going to dump its ashes of its corpse into space and I'm going to be the guy to stand here next to you for it. Crazy, huh? That's that's pretty intense, man. Pretty intense. Gaius goes to his lab. Uh, six, head six, is there. You let them murder our child and boy, he's clearly upset, but she hammers him. She says some pretty crazy shit to the man, doesn't she? Good God. Uh, yeah, that we're going to let all of humanity feel God's wrath mm. because of this? Let me see if I can get a... Uh, uh, let me see if we can get a... and have a listen to it. His will was that she would leave the next generation of God's children. His will was that you would protect her. Yes. Oh! You committed a monstrous and unforgivable sin, and now you and your entire rich race are going to suffer Your wretched race will suffer Although, God's vengeance. See, now I'll say this. If this was a line that this uh, Head Six had said in season one, I'd be like, Jesus Christ, hit the floor, get it in the escape pod, get the fuck out of here, you are fucked. Now, at this point in the series, I'm very unsure of how much actual power Head Six commands. I'm not sure. Like, we've had a couple of interesting confirmations. You know, she is not a chip in his head, at least not in any way that humanity can detect. Um, 
but she also, I mean, she is, she's made some threats before that she's followed through on and then some that she hasn't. I don't know. I don't know where we stand with her. I mean, I mean, I'm always a little intimidated when she, when she says some shit like this. I mean, she's she's powerful in that she can really put put some pressure on that man and make him do things like ram his own face into a mirror. We oh, we yeah. know for certain that she is is power and in her influence over him, and he oh, is terrified of her when she gets wrathful. Oh yeah, she can fuck, and I have no doubt about how she can fuck with Gaius hard. But her threats, as far as like like. Uh, I don't understand. I still don't understand where Head Six is in the hierarchy of Cylons, or even if she is a Cylon. Like, you know, unless she's like a hallucination. We still are not totally sure on that. Because I'm like, I used to think that she was some top secret like implant in Gaius's head, and that if she wanted to, she could just instantly communicate back to Cylon headquarters and be like, "Fucking hit him! Let's go! Mm-hmm. Attack now!" And now I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if she could pull that. Um, I'm trust me. I'm still like, oh, holy shit! What does that mean? You better yeah. be fucking careful. She um she has great power over over Gaius, in my opinion, oh, yeah. and I think that um because he because she exists to him and he is controlled by her, and I think that's I think that's that goes a long way. Um, obviously, it affects him greatly. Obviously, he uh, he is affected by her enough to where. If she wants to make his life hell, she can by by just going at him and just fucking up his day. <laughs> she she has a lot of influence over him for sure. It's um, yeah, definitely. We can see it. It plays out. <laughs> Back yeah, we so go. She is pissed. She's pissed. Oh boy, is she mad? Let's go back to the president giving Sharon's baby away to Maya. Uh, Maya leaves. Rosalind thinks Coddle. He's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> this sucked. This all sucked. This was shitty. I am ashamed to be a part of it. Have a good night. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Deanna taunts uh, Anders. Tosses him his gun, says he can have it. Success, what she's doing. Come on, I'll give you a head stat. Right? I'm just going to be a little bitchy about it. That's <laughs> how we do in South Africa. I guess. Sharon tells Deanna to leave him. And, um... Sharon, you were a hero of the Cylon. Now you're just a broken machine who thinks she is a human. Dude. And you never will be one. And you never will be one. A murderer is exactly what you are. Guy says, life is short, but the next one's not. Let your heart adrift and your soul will get caught. Hmm. I Hmm. love that. Hmm. She did let her heart adrift and her soul did get caught. On a tricky little dick named Gaius. Tricky dick. She says she loves him. Her heart and soul are his. Um, Right? We hear more banging around as the rescue team closes in on them. And then, um, you know why they wanted to work with... you, You know why they wanted to work with you, Sharon. So you lose your mind. They're going to box you, darling, just like they're going to box Sharon. Six turns to Deanna. We are dangerous, Sharon and I. We are celebrities in a culture based on unity. That's a great line. Our voices count more than hers, more than others. We're two heroes of the Cylon, right? Two heroes with different perspectives on the war. Perspectives based on our love of two human beings. That's why she wanted me to work with you, so she could tell, so you could tell me that guys is still alive. She wanted me to lose my mind. So good, man. Awesome. I mean, we might be seeing 
I can't imagine it's the literal first. I mean, we already have, uh, you know, Caprica, Sharon before this that we saw kind of go rogue. But this has got to be one of the first times, among the first times, of a, a Cylon skin job being like, no, fuck this. I am mm. I'm me. I'm an individual and I'm I'm like commanding it. And I I I am falling out of line with the you know the Cylon mainstream thought, I guess. It's interesting, man. Yeah. That they're and I mean she basically says here to to Sharon that all right, we're gonna be the ones to somehow build a bridge to humanity, stop the war, stop the hate, find a different way. To, to live and coexist. Fascinating, dude. I never thought I was going to hear a Cylon say that. Right. Some more good stuff here. Deanna says, you've corrupted by experience. You're wastes. Gaius prompts Six to say the things that she knows to be true. Jealousy, murder, vengeance are all sins in the eyes of God, Six says. That's, why, that's what you and I know. That's what they don't want to hear because then they'd have to rethink what they're doing because then they'd have to consider that maybe the slaughter of mankind was a mistake. Huh? Uh, A (laughs) Dude. I love it, dude. I I never, ever, ever would have thought that was going to be something that happened on the show. I, I thought these Cylons were an unrelenting monolithic force. I'm so glad to see this. Very cool. So the ceiling comes down a little and there's a scramble for the gun. Andrews gets at it, but Sharon smashes him or Boomer. (laughs) Deanna grabs the pistol. Six smashes Deanna's head in with a giant piece of rubble. God damn. That was wildly satisfying. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Two big cracks with that massive rock. Damn. Oof. Got her good. And this is, dude, another little interesting technological detail here that they drop where she's like, well, how long do you think we have until she's resurrected and obviously tells the rest of the Cylons about our what we just did? Uh, and she's like, well, there are a lot of people in that cafe. Say so you probably have about 36 hours. Mm. That's interesting, man. I, I used to think that was – that the resurrection was like an instantaneous thing, but like you know, just like just like downloading shit, you're it's a, you're in a queue now. <laughs> Wait until server's full. Got, you have three slots. Got to upgrade you're that a, Cylon modem. <laughs> your entire consciousness and soul is in a queue. They have two ahead of you. Sorry. <laughs> Take a mint. Makes sense. Well, they end up letting Anders go. What kind of people are you? I don't know. <sighs> I love, dude. I, I know it sounds weird, but I am such a fan of characters saying, I don't know, when they really don't. Like, yeah. there doesn't have to be a profundity to this. You don't have to be like, I think we are changing into something beyond. Or anything so dumb. dumb. Like, that would be so dumb. She's just like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking know what we are. It's a confusing mess. It's great, I'm man. as confused as you, but get the fuck out of here. Stay and be tortured if you want. And he's like, okay, and, out. And he doesn't waste them. Yeah. Yeah. He just wasted a bunch of them. Now, this is what I love here. He just wasted a bunch of them indiscriminately. And now he spends 10 minutes with them and learns something about them and starts to humanize them a little bit like Hilo, like everyone else. And he doesn't waste them when he has his gun back. Dude. Yeah. that's For one, that's both a really good point. I love that the second we are able to see that they're capable of individuality, that they are not some monolithic hive mind, you're like, oh, like... That is another individual with their own thoughts, feelings, and motives. And 
I'm not just going to, you know, take stabs at it like I'm just swatting flies. Uh, and that's cool. But also, I, I really hope that there's a part of me that worries that Anders is the type of guy who sits on this information. And it's just like, I'm just going to try and forget that and go back to what I'm doing what I was doing because it's easy and comfortable uh, versus like, hey, guys, I met some Cylons and they were saying some interesting things. <laughs> like, they are not what we thought. Mm. Like, I, I, I hope he'll say something. Right. So, our people need a new beginning, a new way to live in God's love, without hate, without all the lies. All they need is for someone to show them the way, someone like two heroes of the Cylons. I'm with you, Sharon says. The rescue team arrives. We found them. They're alive. Yes, we are. We are alive, Six says quietly. Very cool. So good. Final shot uh, of Meyer and her new baby. Do ba ba do da ba dee ba da bo. My might little, be a little monster. I really just don't know. I gonna raise this baby that I stole. Ba do ba do do ba do 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 do. Yeah, man. So there also, you go. Talk about the horrible irony of, you know, Gaius on Galactica has just been thrown against the wall by head six and like you're gonna suffer god's rage and you're like oh my god and then uh, this six and her guys are like i love you more than anyone's loved anyone before (laughs) yes my lover i love it it. it's awesome man it's so good good shit but ah what a fucking killer episode man great episode i really enjoyed this one yeah it's one of the best ones of the season probably yeah, it's spectacular. It's really good. Top five at least, right? Probably. I mean, you got to get Pegasus top, top, and the other top, ones top, in there. But yeah, man, awesome. So there you have it. I guess that means we will be getting uh, next next time on the Battlestar Galactica podcast and Mr. Anderson, unless you have any final thoughts you want to offer on this one. Ooh. Um, You know, I guess the main thing that I really genuinely never <laughs> What thought, did you learn uh, today? Hmm? Well, the main thing that I I never even speculated as to a possibility until the last, I don't know, two minutes of this episode, could this end peaceably? Like, could the the conclusion of the series be some kind of peaceable thing between the humans and silence? And that, to me, is a fascinating possibility. I think that would be really cool if done if done right i mean obviously we can't just ham fist that into reality of like and there's these two who like us and ah let's all put down our guns like that would be silly but just seeing this descent uh among the cylons was fascinating yeah opening that little door of like holy shit could that even be possible like i mean we're already more than i ever thought we'd see in season one we're already seeing so much you know at least neutral human Cylon interaction, if not outright positive, you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's getting intermixed in a way that I I didn't think it would. And I'm like, damn, it might actually be like, like hells are in the chat saying, maybe the series finale that has divided so many fans is just a Dama and all the fucking centurions holding hands, singing Kumbaya around a big fire on earth. (laughs) Hooray. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you never know. <laughs> yeah, great episode, man. I'm glad you liked so, it. I was looking ah, forward to so you getting a, a sweet release from a lot of the mysteries that have been built up for two seasons. Yes, dude. Plus a mini series. A lot of hours you've been waiting for some answers, and you're finally Cylon getting them. Cons- Cylon conspiracy theory blue balls I've had. Yep. Finally. Finally. 
Well, uh, we will be returning next time with Lay Down Your Burdens. We're going to cover part one and two in one episode. That seems to be the move. And uh, so it'll obviously run a little bit longer, probably be a couple hours for a podcast app, um, at at least. As as it's the end of a season, we'll probably be talking quite a bit about it. And uh, there's a lot going on in this one, man. I'm not going to offer you any spoilers, but uh, let's just say things heat up politically, things heat up with the Cylons, and things heat up with a lot of these interpersonal relationships. And uh, they're going to be good, man. I'm looking forward to us watching this. So we will see you guys in not one... Not, yes, in two weeks. What am I saying? <laughs> Let me check the schedule here because I'm going to be. Not one, not two, but two. What am I getting on a fucking aeroplane here? Okay, so we'll be returning for November 2nd. Okay, cool. All right, yeah, so we can definitely do in two weeks. So in two weeks, we'll see you lay down your burdens. One and two to wrap up season two, man. That's going to be fun. And then um, we're going to probably take a little bit of a break before season three, but not that long, just a couple weeks. So prepare yourselves for that. And that is all. Mr. Anderson, tell these good people good night. Stay fracky.